Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of the Artful Athlete podcast. At the end of last week's episode, I promised you to tell the story of a voiceless speaker who figured out a way of overcoming the recurring loss of his voice and created a method still taught in both the performance art, the fitness and wellness worlds. The Alexander Method. You may have heard of it before, or it could be something completely new to you. Either way, it's a wonderful way of introducing today's topic of discussion, the spine and thoracic. Why and how you should look after it to unlock your vocal abilities by working on the semi-supine position of Alexander. Alexander Method. What is it? How does it come to be? Why is it recommended to look into or to practice as a performer, a speaker, is it actually just for these two categories of voices? Are you ready for the tale of a winded healer? Let us wander down under to the land of Australia in the early 1890s where we lay our scene. Meet Frederick Matthias Alexander, Australian reciter, a career path he chose for himself upon moving to Melbourne. During his first six months there, all he did was attend shows and concerts, visit art galleries, pretty much living the good life, in order to, and I quote, have a wider scope of activity, not only in gaining a livelihood, but in the fields of arts and education in the fullest sense. His acting and reciting skills? Well, he got them from observing. When Sarah Bernard came to do a series of concerts in Melbourne, he attended every single performance. Or at least, that's what he claimed. But the incredible Sarah Bernard wasn't his only love. His first one was Shakespeare. He'd read and studied it all, every line, verse and play. As he soaked his spirits in Melbourne's cultural life, Alexander saw his chance. He signed up for classes with an actor and an elocutionist and dove in the performance world, taking part in amateur recitals and productions. His ascension, however, is cut short as an illness takes over his lungs. He's coughing, he's got a tired voice, sore throat. The doctors send him off to the seaside. Because back in those days, that used to be the answer to all your ailments if you lived in a big city. Just pop off to the beach. You must be very tired, my boy. The sea air will fix you. After three months of vocal rest, of sea air, Alexander returned to his beloved performance practice, reciting Shakespeare to his friends in amateur productions and to all who wanted to hear. However, something's not right. His friends don't recognise the voice of Alexander. It, it sounds hoarse, rough, harsh even. Alexander audibly gasps in his speech. He pushes through because reciting is what he loves. Now isn't that relatable? Haven't you pushed through something because you really loved it but you should have stopped earlier? But for Alexander, every other performance, our speaker is speechless. Now speaking, reciting becomes a burden. Losing your voice every night seems a terrible price to pay to perform Shakespeare. And it doesn't get any better when doctors and voice experts, clueless because they can't find an answer in the medical realm, tell him he should stop altogether this vocal practice. Having been told myself that I would need to either heavily reduce or quit performing after my accident when I was 14, I can imagine very well what went through Alexander's head. But despite the diagnostic and counsel he'd received, Alexander didn't quit. If there was no clear medical reason for his state, could it mean he was misusing his vocal organ when reciting? Back in his home, Alexander placed mirrors in a circle and stood in the centre. If he lost his voice after every show, it meant he must have been doing something wrong. And regularly at that, 
What did his friends say? Oh, your voice sounds hoarse. We can hear you gasp and breathe. Okay, let's keep that in mind. And so he started reciting in front of all these mirrors, removing some of his clothes to better observe his body, especially around the thoracic, the spine, the neck, the hips, the belly, looking at everything that normally fills itself with air, things that he knew should move and others that he was aware should not. And that is how the Alexander Method was born. Alexander focused on bringing awareness to his body and his breath. Noticing how his neck would stiffen and his head go back and down, he tried to speak again, but this time fully aware of the tension running from his head to his neck. And as he opened his mouth, the infamous gasp became audible to him. He'd cracked it. But of course he'd cracked it, because the neck and the head are connected through the spine. By focusing on his posture, on his ability to move and place his body, by bringing awareness to his speech, to the action of speaking, Alexander identified the pattern responsible for the disconnect between his voice and his breath. His breath and stage presence improved as well as his vocal abilities, so much so that people started to come to him directly for help. His method is now used worldwide in musical and drama schools, but also by doctors and health professionals, as well as, obviously, Alexander Method practitioners. How does a session with a practitioner work? Well, the practitioner will invite you to go into certain positions and actions, such as sitting, squatting, walking, lunging. But the first position you'll ever be in is called semi-supine. If you fancy giving it a try, follow me on this. You're going to lie on your back on a firm support. So ideally, the floor or a yoga mat. Not on a mattress, it's too soft, unfortunately. So you're lying on your back. Knees up, feet flat on the floor, arms resting on your torso. And you're going to place your head elevated on a few books. I personally like to use a yoga brick because it's the right height for me. It's all about finding the position where your body is fully relaxed and basically making zero effort. But each body is different. Your body is different from mine. Here's a few things you can do. If you feel like your jaw is compressing your throat, you've gone too high. If your neck tightens or your head tilts back slightly, you've gone too low. Now to the knees. If your knees don't stay up without tightening or tensing up, you've got two options. Option one, you could put a heavy blanket or heavy cushion on your knees. Option two, you could place that big cushion or bolster underneath your legs. And the bolster should be touching the back of your thighs and the calves. If you have any shoulder tension in this position, add a small pillow or a couple of folded towels underneath your elbows to elevate your arms ever so slightly. And for any extra neck tension, because you'll feel a little bit of release start happening once you get yourself in that position. But if you have too much tension in the neck, grab a towel, roll it, Swiss roll style, and place it underneath your neck. This way, your spine is gently supported all the way through. Semi-supine is the stress-free position. Zero effort required. By stress, that's what I mean. Unnecessary tension is not invited. Extra physical work, not invited. You're being fully supported, which is also why this position is known as constructive rest. Lying thus in your semi-supine, breathing softly through the nose, this is the perfect moment to work on 
relaxing every single part of your body to become aware of the line drawn by your spine against the floor to feel your ribcage expand and your shoulders relax. Place your awareness in the space between the floor and the sole of your feet. Inhale. Exhale. And gradually you're going to shift this awareness around. Next stop, the knees. Breathe until you feel they've relaxed, until you stop sending tension to those knees. Now move up to your pelvis and lower back. Feel the way it presses into the floor. Is your lower back pain still present? If yes, as you inhale, try and send the air as low as you can in the belly. No need to force or add power to that inhale. Remember, we're here to R-E-L-A-X, relax the body, relax the spine. No forcing of any kind, zero effort. So carrying on with that steady breath, allow it to travel slowly up the spine. Feel your ribcage gently expand on the inhale. Do you feel your shoulders rise and fall with each breath? Do your arms move? How does your neck feel? In this position, with this aim of zero tension and zero stress, you may think you're passive, but it's a bit more subtle than that. You're actively embracing passivity and letting your spine find its natural placement again. If you've listened to episode four, you'll remember we talked about the line of your breath starting all the way down the perineum, all the way up to your head. That breath line is simply following your spine, that spine which carries the weight of your skull, that spine that's made of 26 vertebras, that spine to which your ribcage, your air storage, your heart are attached. It's the only line you need to visualize, feel and connect to, the foundation of your breath, the foundation of your voice. My knowledge of the breath, the voice, the body, its connection to the body, I learned the hard way. Long story short, when I was 14, I ended up half paralyzed from the neck down my back after my sports teacher joined in the game we had to play in Roman wrestling. Yes, Roman wrestling used to be a compulsory module in the French PE curriculum. I got punched in the plexus, tripped behind the knee and landed on my neck. I heard a loud cracking noise. I couldn't turn my head, cue the neck brace, strong medication and swallowing the pill of you'll have pain probably for the rest of your life. You won't be performing as well and as much. You'll potentially have to stop. <laughs> I'm realizing now I've just turned 30 and I still have the same medical pillow. <laughs> well, it's still, I still sleep with one, honestly. Not just because I had it during one of the worst parts of my life, but because it really supports the neck, the shoulders and the spine when you're lying down. If you have recurring upper back pain, neck tension, I really recommend getting one. Anybody can get one, you don't need a prescription for that. At the time of the accident, the singing teacher of the theatre company I trained with got me to focus on breath, singing, and relaxing my body, my diaphragm, my ribcage, through my voice as much as possible. You could say it was the beginning of my voice journey, of my own voice journey. Fast forward to 2013, where I am introduced to the Alexander Method at Drama School in London. As I still had recurring pains and neural damage since my accident, I started playing around with it. 
and it did help me vocally and physically a lot. However, it was only when I dove into calisthenics, postural rehab and animal flow that I truly understood its power. In rehabilitation work and calisthenics, I discovered active hanging, arches, Jefferson curls and butcher stretch, which does sound horrible, but they all contributed to creating that awareness, that proprioception, that focus and connection through the postural chain that Alexander was looking for. And so it made sense to me to combine a traditional voice practice with the Alexander method, with everything I had learned and gained from my fitness and wellness journey. And yes, I may have had a little relapse in February, but it was the first time in three years that I felt pain. And that tells me two things. Don't go into a movement without warming up before. Two, I was doing something right during the past three years. That by looking at the hard science and the exploration of an amateur actor from the past century, you could create this awareness through breath, controlled movement and relaxation and give your voice the space and release Yes, release once again. Episode 5, here we come. Because when it boils down to it, if you want to speak freely, you need to relax. You need to relax the mind, you need to relax the body. What's the link between the two? Your breath. There you go. Had you ever heard of Alexander before? Were you aware of how much tension your body holds? Well, you should definitely check out this week's blog on theartfulathlete.co.uk where I'll go a little bit more in depth in the different positions and exercises you can do. Let me know what you thought of this episode as well. You can find me on social media. It's The Artful Athlete on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure to follow me there because I'll be announcing the next series of episodes in the next few days. Speak soon. 